I knew this was going to happen. I just didn't know that it was going to happen this soon. We've only been five weeks, five or six weeks in with NXT UK. And they have just put on such great programming over the first five weeks. We've gotten 10 episodes. They've really wanted to push that feel of NXT. Their main events have been on the same level as NXT has been. Pretty much since their opening episode. Excuse me. I mean, given, you know, that you've had your first, you had your pilot episode. You're trying to get the feel of what, you know, what you're going to do going forward. Who you're going to push, who you're going to build, what feuds you're going to start off with. You know, the titles, how that's going to work out. You know, developing the tag team scene, developing the women's division. And now, last night, Triple H made the announcement that on January 12th, 2019, NXT UK will get its first taste of a takeover. NXT UK takeover Blackpool is going to happen. And I could not be any more happier for the brand as a whole. Not just NXT, but for NXT UK as a whole. In comparison to the main roster pay-per-views, NXT has just been putting on show after show after show of nothing but great matches, great feuds that came along with it, the stories that were told in the ring, and some of the most fascinating shit I have seen all year. It's a reason I am calling NXT the A-show, the true A-show of WWE. And to be truthfully honest, I would put NXT UK literally at number two right now in terms of what they've been putting on. And then I put SmackDown third and Raw can go fuck itself. It is simply amazing, you know, watching that video, watching Triple H make that announcement and saying that, you know, in two years, they've built this. We as fans have built this brand. I, if I were Triple H, I could not be any more prouder of what I've been doing for this brand. This is my, this is, this is his baby. This is, this is his brainchild. NXT was his. And he has built it up into a straight up juggernaut. We as fans of the product, in terms of NXT, should be ecstatic, okay? We should be absolutely overjoyed by what we're getting in less than two two months' time. NXT UK is getting a fucking takeover. Looking at the calendar for uh, for January in terms of pay-per-views, if you're a fan of New Japan, you're getting Wrestle Kingdom on the fourth. If you're a fan of NXT UK, you're now getting you're getting your first taste of a takeover on the twelfth. Royal Rumble weekend, you're getting NXT TakeOver Phoenix. The Royal Rumble, in my honest opinion, is an afterthought. Over five weeks and ten episodes, look at how they've built up this company. Look at how they've built up this brand. 
with names like, of course, Pete Dunn, Noam Dar, Zach Gibson, Trent Seven, Tony Storm, Jenny, Rhea Ripley, Dakota Kai. Tag teams now, the Grizzled Gun veterans now being established. The Coffee Boys and Wolf Gang, who still don't have a fucking name. And until then, I'm just going to call them the Last Kings of Scotland. I'm running with it. You have Mustache Mountain. You have Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews now. That's that's a solid four to have for your tag team division. The entire women's division so far has just been amazing. The UK Women's Tournament has just been awesome to watch. You know, names like Zaya Brookside, Nina Samuels, you know, Isla Dawn, Jimmy, Tony Storm, Dakota Kai, Millie McKenzie, who I hope will probably be part of this brand. The main event scene has been amazing. You know, even the even matches that are just mid card matches, they feel like main events. The main events they've been putting on have that NXT quality. If there are any people that listen to my podcast in the UK, you deserve this. The talent you've been building up as a region, as as a you know, as the United Kingdom. You should be proud of every single person on that roster today. If I were, if I lived in the UK, I would be so proud. And I would be paying however much it took to get a seat at, in Blackpool. If I had a passport and I had the means to do so, I would be going to NXT took over Blackpool. I really would. Because it's worth it. NXT is worth it. Now, think about it this way. Now, not only do we get the shit on the Royal Rumble for Royal Rumble weekend, because NXT TakeOver Phoenix is just going to shit all over it, we now get to talk more shit because NXT UK is more than likely going to tear the fucking house down. NXT War Games was an indicator of that. That was literally... If anything, the best takeover I have ever seen. And I have literally pretty much watched almost every NXT takeover they've ever had. Minus one or two, maybe three. It's just simply amazing to see. It's I, no, let me rephrase that. It's amazing to be a part of it, you know, from it's, it's amazing to be part of something from the beginning, you know, especially with I think of like businesses. You know, like Amazon with Jeff Bezos. You know, he, he he literally was just in an office trying to build up Amazon. And it is now literally the biggest shopping juggernaut on the internet. I have Amazon. I shop on Amazon frequently, especially for now the holidays. I have two nieces and a nephew. I probably will be buying them toys and all that stuff. I'll just have to talk to my sister to see what they're interested in getting, you know, or what they would want for Christmas. And I'm in boom. I don't go shopping. I worked Black Friday weekend and it was absolutely a freaking just a chore trying to get through. You know, think of businesses like that, that have started from the beginning that people have gotten behind and it's become just some of the one of the biggest things in the world. NXT UK ever since the beginning, you know, people were clamoring for this. And when they had first announced that they were doing tapings for the show, I the, the hype for it was absolutely second to none. When they made the announcement at the UK Championship Tournament back in June that they would be having a UK brand, 
the the outpouring of love and support shown for it was just second to none. You know, like I said, you had the NXT machine behind it. So, of course, I'm going to stand behind the product. And what they've given us has been nothing short of fantastic. I know there's reports online about, you know, what title matches are going to be at Blackpool, but I'm not even going to check that out. I'm not going to worry about it. Neither should you. You know, if you so happen to see the spoilers, so be it. That's fine. You know, it happens to the best of us. It happens to me. But I I say to you, because you and I were having a little conversation, even though it's one-sided, that from here on out, you shouldn't check out any spoilers. Now, knowing that there's going to be a takeover, I would just enjoy the ride, guys. We're about to have a UK Women's Championship match that I think is going to be a lot better than most people would think in Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm. I'll get into the match with Tony Storm and Ginny, of course. Their chemistry is fantastic. We will be talking about, you know, episodes 9 and 10 separately. And I have just been thoroughly impressed by what they've been putting out. I have just been so impressed by what we've been given. And I know it's, it's you know, I'm saying it over and over, but it's, it's hard not to be impressed. It's hard not to fall in love with a product that as a brand that already has been established as one of the best brands, if not the best brand in WWE, if not one of the best brands in professional wrestling today. I put NXT in high regard for the simple fact that they have logical storylines, great booking, matches that don't make me want to fall asleep. It's something I can invest in. To those of you who may be in the stock market, you know, when you're putting money into a stock, you believe in that product. You stand behind that company. Not just because of the fact that, you know, you're getting paid dividends off of it. You know, I stand behind Anchor because I know it's a solid app that I've used to create this platform that is the Young Lions perspective. And to those of you who listen to me, you stand behind me. You stand by me because you like what I'm putting out. You see how that works? You see how easy it is to get behind something if you know you believe in it? I believe in NXT UK. I believe in what they're doing. I believe that, you know, like think of it, think of it this way. You have William Regal and Johnny Saint as your GMs for NXT and NXT UK. Two Brit two Britishmen. Two upstanding Britishmen, two legends of the UK scene. Are your general managers for NXT. You know, I'm not saying it's like a British invasion or anything, but, you know, why not? You know, if you've been a fan of Progress Wrestling, a fan of ICW, a fan of Rev Pro, this is your moment, people. This is your moment. And I know in Blackpool it is going to be deafening in that arena, wherever they may book it. I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't know the name of the arena they're going to be in. But I know Blackpool is going to go absolutely insane. This is going to be the first of many great takeovers for the UK. I don't know how many takeovers they're going to be doing in a year. And that's fine with me. You know, if they just do two or three, I'm perfectly okay with it. You know, I, I, I mean, I was shocked at the announcement that they were going to do this in January. 
I was thinking maybe, you know, they would wait until later on in the year, build up the product a little bit more, you know, establish your champions first. But they said, fuck that. We're doing it right now. Triple H said it, like I said before, it's been, you know, this has been a moment in the making for two years. How crazy is that? Two years in the making to come to this moment that was announced last night. And I know every single person who listens to this podcast will more than likely be watching NXT UK take over Blackpool come January 12th. I will make sure that I have off that day, or at least I don't have to close that night. I will be making predictions for this show. I will be reviewing this show because I believe in the product. I be- I stand behind what NXT UK does. And so should you. Because if you think about it, if you've been watching it from the beginning, it's totally worth it. This is episode 27 of the Young Lions Perspective. And with that being said, let us begin. What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestling With Issues podcast here, and welcome to episode 27 of the Young Lions Perspective here on this football Sunday for those who live in America. So glad to have you guys here today, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, your brunch to check out the show here today. And of course, like I said last week on episode 26, it is all about NXT U fucking K, and they did not disappoint Let's talk about episode nine. Of course, continuing on with the UK Women's Championship Tournament quarterfinals. Rhea Ripley taking on Zaya Brookside. Before I get into this match, I just want to say what a year it has been for Rhea Ripley, to be honest. I know, and I've said this at length a few times, but her transformation to where she was in 2017, to where she is now, she is really making a name for herself to be one of the top heels in the NXT brand, whether it be in America and UK. I've said before, Shayna Baszler is the best heel in terms of the women in NXT right now. But I think Rhea Ripley can make a case for herself to be one of the top heels, if not the top heel over time. And I really think 2019 is going to be an amazing year for Rhea Ripley. The fact that she's so young. um, The youth movement in NXT has been nothing short of fantastic. And I'm thinking of my and I was thinking to myself the other day, maybe I could do an episode on, you know, the top 10, you know, best young boys and girls to grace the ring because there's a lot of young talent in NXT right now. Of course, names like Velveteen Dream. Um, I believe Tony Storm, she's in her early 20s. Tyler Bates in his early 20s. I think Pete Dunne's like 23. Uh, Millie McKenzie, she's like 19. You know, so there's a lot of young talent being built up. And the fact that Triple H has seen that and has begun that youth movement, you know, really shows that they're trying to be in it for the long haul. And I know there's been reports about, you know, NXT possibly becoming just a third brand and uh, not having to worry about call-ups or anything like that. And if that ever did happen, that would be absolutely fantastic because then you can just keep your talent. You don't have to worry about the main roster uh, demotions. You don't have to worry about any of that. You just keep it as a brand. But let's get into the this episode nine here. Starting off with Rhea Ripley and Zaya Brookside. So Brookside being the babyface here. Puts out her hand, you know, just a show of sportsmanship. Ripley refused the handshake immediately and pie faces Brookside. 
Crowd definitely was behind Brookside in this match. Of course, her, I think she's like 19. I think she's like 19 or 20 years old herself. Um, definitely getting some love from the crowd. Uh, Ripley uh, easily overpowered Brookside to start. Um, Brookside, though, starts firing up, starts laying in some strikes. Ripley cuts her off quickly and then grounds her, tries to keep her on the ground, trying to uh, not, you know, let her get some steam going. Uh, Brookside started picking up the pace. She counters out, um, but Ripley countered that she was trying to go for a head scissors. Uh, but Ripley countered it into a buckle bomb, and I love that she has so much power, and she makes it look good. She's definitely a dominant lady in the ring. I think she's like 5'11 or something like that, and she's definitely grown. She's been working tirelessly in the gym, trying to work on her game, and it just and she just makes it look good here. Uh, she starts just mauling Brookside right afterwards, picks her up, and actually did a delayed suplex that I think would make Bobby Trashley a bit jealous. Um, you know the thing that happened with Sami Zayn? We won't get into that. Uh, that only got a two count, though. Um, she then says, hits a basement drop kick. That only got a two count. Um, then Ripley goes for what is basically perceived as an inverted cloverleaf. I love this move by Ripley. Just for the simple fact that she's now put it into her arsenal. And she makes it look really good. And how she did it with Brookside, she actually had her, but she picked her up in the process. Just showing off her power and trying to add a little bit more pain. Uh, to Zaya Brookside. Um, Brookside did fight out of it, rolls Ripley into the turnbuckles. Uh, she follows it up with a jawbreaker and then adds, adds a bulldog just for a little extra uh, in, insult to injury. Um, Brookside then goes up, uh, hits a head scissors, a few charging knees, and then goes to head up top. But Ripley catches her at the last moment, picks her up, hits her with the riptide, and she advances to the semifinals of the UK Women's Championship Tournament. This was actually a really good match when you really think about it. I thought that it was going to be a quick one you know, a few minutes, but Zaya Brookside did show a little bit of resolve there, a little bit of resiliency. I love Brookside. She's definitely going to be around for years to come. Uh, she will have her time and her moment in the sun, but right now I think they're going to go with Ripley. The way, she, the way they're pushing Ripley in, in the UK brand has just been the stuff of just legend. I really think she, I mean, she could be a women's champion. She really could be, you know, a top, top star in the women's division if they decide to do so. Now, Getting into this next match, for those who are fans of Eddie Dennis, this should be no surprise that they are trying to push him. And he actually continued his uh, undefeated streak going up against Jack Stars. Eddie Dennis is definitely going to be one to watch out for, especially if, you know, he's going to be going after the likes of Mark Andrews and Pete Dunne. I know with Pete Dunne and his, you know, 500 plus day reign that it may look like to some that they, they, they may not find a suitable person to pass the torch to, but I'd say with some time, Eddie Dennis could possibly be that guy. Um, with this match against Jack stars, this was actually a quicker one than I thought. Uh, Dennis actually was towering over stars. Nigel McGinnis pointed that out early on in the match. He was towering over him. Uh, Stars actually started making, went after him immediately, attacking him. Um, Dennis tried to cut him off, drops him with a right hand. Uh, starts laying the boots to him and hits a back elbow. That only got a two count. Dennis started choking him out. Hits a swinging backbreaker and covers, to, covers for a two count. Um, Stars actually showed a little bit more than I thought he was going to. Um, I know this was going to be a bit of a squash match, but Stars definitely showing some resolve and a bit of resiliency himself. He started firing back, laying in some huge European uppercuts. Hits a dropkick into the corner. Hits a few more uh, uppercuts. 
Uh, goes for the missile drop kick, but uh, Dennis actually pushes him out of the way. Eddie Dennis then uh, buckle hits him with a buckle bomb and finishes him with what he call he's calling the next stop driver to get the victory. I like that stars got a little bit in. Some people may not like, uh, you know, I understand with squash matches, you know, you're trying to showcase the the one talent you're trying to, you know, push. But I do like every now and then for the guy who's going to get squashed to get in a little bit of offense, you know. You know, try to actually have the guy they're pushing, like Dennis, trying to fight out of it. Trying to, you know, fight back. Trying to, you know, show that even though he's still getting beat down, he can actually come back and get the victory. I do appreciate that for sure. It's one of those things where... Some people may not like it. I do. It's kind of something I like. I want to see, you know, as you build Eddie Dennis, he's going to get into longer and longer matches. Now, I believe, yeah, and I'm going to go into it now before we talk about uh, Mark Andrews and Wild Borg. Eddie Dennis did cut a promo uh, commenting how he was being undefeated, and he did have a little bit of a, he has a little bit of a beef right now with Ashton Smith, and um, he actually came up to Dennis while he was conducting his uh, promo, and he pretty much, you know, patted Dennis on the shoulder, you know, let him know he saw his match. Uh, Dennis, after that, really got pissed off. He's saying, no one touches my shoulder. I'm undefeated, and I'm going to come after you. So somewhere down the line, Eddie Dennis versus Ashton Smith. I think now that Eddie Dennis having Ashton Smith as his first official feud in NXT UK, I think this is actually going to be a better one than most people think. I like Ashton Smith, especially with all that he's been dealing with, of course, with the Coffee Boys and Wolfgang being on the side of Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews, Ashton Smith, I think, and Eddie Dennis, I think they're both going to put on a show. These two can definitely put on a good match, and I'm, I'm definitely excited to see how that match comes about. Now, Mark Andrews versus the Wild Boar. This was actually a nice little quick match here to showcase uh, Mark Andrews a little bit. I know Wild Boar, Mike Hitchman, I like everything about his entrance. I like how he looks. I like his look. I like his offense. Um, I believe he had a match against El Aguero that I thought was a really good one that he had. Um, but this match was actually a quick one, too. Um, they lock up immediately. Boar starts overpowering uh, Andrews and grounds things. Uh, Andrews battles back, starts picking up the pace with a series of arm drags. And I really like this spot here. Um, I thought for a second that they were going to do... They were going to have Andrews just try for an arm drag and have Hitchman power out of it and just drop him. But the way they had Andrews do it, I think... He went for an arm drag, Hitchman powered out of it, got him that, got him back up, and then Andrews went for a second arm drag. That hit, comes up for another one after that, and actually did like a nice little move to finish out the uh, sequence of arm drags. I think he hit three of those after that. It was a really nice spot in that match and something to look for if you are going to be watching this match. Um, he then hits a Hurricane Rana, and um, Borg tries to get out of the way. Andrews follows, um, but gets slammed on the apron really, really hard. Uh, Hitchman follows that with an apron senton that was really clean and it looked like it really hurt of course the apron being the hardest part of the mat um, and Andrews actually sold that very very well um, very very nice spot here goes for it goes, and then he hits a, another senton that only got a two count um, Hitchman starts hitting a, a few headbutts continues to ground Andrews to keep him off his base uh, then the two start trading strikes. Andrews fires up with a few strikes and kicks. Uh, he hits an Enziguri, and uh, while Boar actually went off to the floor to get out of the way and try to prevent any more damage being done to him. Um, Andrews then goes up to the apron and then hits an apron moonsault. That was so, so nice. Um, he goes back into the ring. Andrews hits uh, 
Slumdog Millionaire. Slumdog Millionaire, I should say. I'm sorry. Uh, follows it with a few chops, but Boar cuts him off the, at the pass with a headbutt. He then hits a nice dragon suplex. Um, hits an s- amazing corner cannonball that I thought ended the match right there. That only got a two count, though. Um, Hitchman then went up top, tried to go for the frog splash. He misses. Um, Andrews then fires up, runs into a lariat by the wild boar. Uh, Andrews then counters that. He actually, no, at this point, it was uh, Stun Dog Millionaire. I'm sorry. Goes up top, hits the shooting star press, and finishes off with a one, two, three. This was a really nice paced match. Of course, you know, in the beginning, Hitchman's trying to get a little power, trying to show his power. Then picking up the pace a little bit more. Andrews, of course, is a very fast-paced kind of guy when he's in the ring, and I like his pace that he puts on. These two actually had a, it was actually a decent match. The, the pace was just fantastic, something I could get behind, and, of course, a couple of good spots with the Senton, um, the Stun Dog Millionaire, and then Andrews is getting the victory to continue his rise. Um, one thing I did like with Ant, what uh, Nigel McGinnis uh, had said is that I know that he wants to get into the t- UK uh, Championship title scene, and he had to s- start stringing up a few victories. This was definitely one way to start off. It was, it was, I like to see Mark Andrews getting into more of the title scene, and we'll discuss more of what title he may be going for in episode 10. Uh, moving on, Tony Storm versus Isla Dawn. I like Isla Dawn. Not because she looked good and she's a redhead and all that stuff, but I watched her matches in the May Young Classic tournament, and she definitely showed a bit of talent against Nicole Matthews. I really enjoyed her match there, and those two would absolutely went to war. And if you want to know what I thought about that, go back into the episode. I believe it was the um, it was one of the I forget which episode it is right off the top of my head, but I did discuss it at length. Uh, Isla Dawn and Nicole Matthews definitely put on a show in this ring, and I didn't want, I don't think this was any different, uh, immediately out the gate, Isla Dawn started going right after Tony Storm, um, she's actually a kickboxing practitioner, she trained under, uh, I, I like how Nigel McGinnis just throws in these nice little details about the wrestlers, um, in this case, he said that Isla Dawn did move to Amsterdam, and she actually trained with Aleister Black, and if you know Aleister Black with his kicks, you should see a, you should see a bit of that in, Isla Dawn immediately went pretty much like kicking the shit out of Tony Storm. Follows it up with a Saito suplex. Hits a running meteor for two count. Uh, she starts laying the boost to Storm. Uh, I believe at this, I think she uh, did a, this a couple times during the match where she kicks her knee down the ground, goes off the ropes, and hit her with either a big boot or a nice running knee. That pretty much just shit like it. It sounded good, reverberating through the arena. It was a really I like her offense. I like her, the arsenal that she brings to the table, and she's definitely someone I would want to be looking out for down the line. Now, getting back into the match, she followed up with a few grounded elbows. It's a standing double stomp for two, but of course, you know Tony Storm. She's going to be a resilient-ass motherfucker. She starts firing back with chops. Uh, Dawn immediately, they'll cut her off with a few kicks and hit another running knee strike. Same knee strike that happened before going off the ropes. That only got a two count. She followed that up with the Rings of Saturn submission. Storm immediately fights out of it. I think at one point she did go for the pin, uh, but Dawn actually immediately rolled out back into the rings of Saturn. She escapes, Storm fights out of it, escapes and makes the ropes. Uh, Dawn starts talking trash, and I think that was the, the wrong thing for her to do. Um, Storm starts lighting her up with strikes, kicks, starts beating her down. She then gets her into the corner, uh, hits her with a hip attack, and then, of course, in true Storm fashion, 
Hits her snap German suplex. That is that is so good. So clean. Hits that. Finishes off with Storm Zero. And Tony Storm advances to the semifinals of the UK Women's Championship Tournament. This was a really, really good match. Um, a lot shorter than I thought it was going to be, especially if it was the women's, you know, the main uh, match for the women. I was hoping for a couple more minutes just to give the ladies a little bit more arsenal into their offense. But getting when they get into the semifinals, it made more sense just to keep the matches short. So at that point, it was going to be Rhea Ripley versus Dakota Kai in a rematch of the matchup they had in the main classic, I believe was um, last year, if I'm not mistaken. And of course, Tony Storm was going to face Ginny. And of course, in an old rivalry they've had ever since back in progress when they were fighting over the Progress Women's Championship. The main event gave us Jordan Devlin versus Laguerra. Now, I believe I had talked about this. I don't know. I don't think I talked about it on the show. But I did say in a tweet that I'm really warming up to Jordan Devlin. I really am warming up to Jordan Devlin. I didn't think they were going to be pushing him as heavy as they are. I thought they were going to be, you know, building him up very slowly, starting to build him a name, starting to give him a few matches. But the way they're building Jordan Devlin is quite fantastic. I like the way he gets down in the ring. I like his look. I like his tenacity. I really like his mean streak because when he builds up that mean streak, he can kick a lot of ass in the ring. And, of course, for uh, Liguero, I love Liguero for his days in WCPW um, in Progress Wrestling. He is a fantastic kind of guy. And this match, and of course, this matchup started building up with a promo that Jordan Devlin had cut the week prior, you know, just saying, you know, he's from Leeds. Who is he? Who is this guy? You know, so he basically called out Liguero and they set up the match for this week. Um, this was a great match to watch and a great main event to have. Um, they start locking up, work into a little bit of back and forth. Liguero starts grounding fades, uh, gets to immediate cradle for a two count. Uh, Devlin then starts coming into uh, his own, of course. Starts attacking with a few strikes, a few kicks. Uh, Liguero then tripped them up, uh, started picking up the pace with a head scissors and a drop kick. That only got a two count. Devlin quickly cut that off with a nice Uranagi, showing off his powder, power and start, and then it's a standing moonsault right after that for, uh, for a two count. This, so, and then they started picking up very quickly. Devin starts grounding things a little bit, falls up in the back elbow. That got a two count. He hits a few forearm strikes and then some clubbing shots to the back. Laguerre then picks up, picks up the piece again, coming, hits up with a crossbody, trips him up, and then follows that with a running boot. So this, this match at this point was very, very fast-paced. Very, very, you know, back and forth. Uh, he follows that up with a code red. That only got a two count. Devlin then cut him off with a four-on smash. Hits a running knee strike and a nice backdrop driver for an, a very close near fall. Laguerre then comes up with a count, uh, counters that with a cutter. Goes up to the top. I think he was at that point going for, for the splash. Uh, Devlin powers out. Laguerre follows him out, hits a running head scissors um, outside of the ring. They get back into the ring. Laguerre heads up top again. Devlin cuts him off with an enziguri. That was very, very nice. Uh, he followed that up. With, uh, he tried to follow it up. He got knocked to the mat. Laguerre hits the uh, Laguerre splash, but falls, falls onto double knees. Devlin immediately cradles him for a two count, a very, very close two count. At this point, you're starting to hear chants of NXT. This is awesome. You know, the crowd was definitely invested in this match, and I was definitely invested. Behind, I was right behind him, and I'm def- I was definitely enjoying it. They, they, they uh, have a reset. They tr- start trading strikes again. A huge kick by Liguero. 
uh, but goes off the ropes and immediately runs into a Spanish fly. Not as clean as I wanted it to be, but it was a really nice move by, uh, by Devlin. That only got a two count. Liguero then immediately goes to the cradle for a two count. Devlin then, now this is the spot of the match that I really, really fucking liked. And if you haven't watched this match yet, I would definitely go back and go out and watch this match. This, like, this spot right here. Devlin goes up top. Uh, I believe he was going for a top rope move. I'm not sure which one he was going for. Liguero immediately cuts him off and follows him up. Devlin, I believe it's a couple of back elbows, and knocks him into the tree of woe. So at this point, I believe he was looking for a double foot stop, but Liguero immediately hits a spider German suplex. And if you've seen Togi Makabe in New Japan, he does the same move. I believe it's a, yeah, it's a spider suplex before he goes up top for hits, hits the King Kong knee strike to finish off his matches. Liguero hit that same move, and I marked out for it immediately. I love that move. It looked really nice. He followed it up with Liguero's flash, and that really got a, that was a close near fall there. They uh, brawl up, they brawl to the apron. Uh, they hit the, actually, they were, I believe they were on the apron. I think both men were trying to go up top again. I think Liguero was trying to go for a super, a superplex onto the floor. Um, they hit the steps. Uh, Devlin slams Liguero into the steps. I believe he kicked his knees out of him. And then Liguero hits his head onto the steps. He follows it up with a nice moonsault that made the crowd go ape shit. Um, he throws him back a bit into the ring immediately. Um, goes for it. It's a nice little knee strike. Hits a sit outside slam that was that I believe Nigel McGuinness said was similar to uh, Emerald Flosion. And Jordan Devlin gets the victory over Liguero. This was a solid main event. I like how they're building him up as a heel. Now, right after this match was done, Devlin immediately looks, looks into the camera and calls out Pete Dunne. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Devlin called out Pete Dunne for a UK championship match. And what he said in his promo in episode 10 was, I think, pretty fucking uh, solid and possibly a match that may, may be happening somewhere down the line with Jordan Devlin and Pete Dunne. Um, I just love how they've been built, uh, built up both men. Both men look good coming out of this. Liguero, even in a loss, looked really good. I love the fact that he's a solid babyface anywhere he goes in the world. The crowd loves Liguero, so he's definitely one he's going to be sticking around for a while. Other than that, this is a really solid episode of NXT UK. I cannot stress it enough that UK, the NXT UK brand, I, I, this is why I've said, they are number two. They are right behind NXT in terms of quality matches. Um, the fact that the, you know, the UK Women's Championship Tournament is showing the depth and showing um, that the women in the UK are just as good as the NXT, U- NXT ladies in America. This is second to none. Uh, right quick, though, we're going to take a little bit of a break. And then we're going to get into episode 10 of NXT UK. What's going on, y'all? Uh, real quick, just want to take a break from the show to talk about uh, some upcoming episodes you can look, be looking forward to, uh, especially for the month of December. I know... We're getting into the holiday season. A lot of people are getting ready to make their, uh, you know, their trips to visit family and friends and all that stuff. But at least, you know, while you're traveling and all that stuff, let me fill you in on what I'm going to be doing for you guys. So, and I'm going to give you the full slate 
for December right now. In terms of this week coming up, um, we will get back to the swing of things for NXT review. Uh, NXT, they start their December tapings this coming Wednesday, so I will be getting back into that. Uh, of course, with NXT UK, uh, I will be breaking up the shows going forward. Uh, NXT review will be its own episode, and NXT UK will be its own episode. I uh, will try to get uh, NXT re- NXT review show out on Friday or Saturday, depending on when things go. I got some, um, of course, work going on, and then I got a few um, outside things that I'm dealing with. So either Friday or Saturday, you can be expecting the NXT review, and uh, the next Sunday, you could be expecting an NXT UK review um, before football Sunday begins, before one o'clock. Now, for the rest of the month, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be going down. Of course, New Japan having their World Tag League Finals. I will be covering that without fail. I may be doing some side things, you know, uh, like I did with the All In review a few back in September. Uh, I might have to do that as like a 0.5-ish show, like a 28.5 or 29.5, something along those lines. But I will be uh, covering, I will be doing, compiling a list of who I feel are the top 10, um, I guess I guess you could say young boys and young girls in professional wrestling right now. Um, I, it's something that I've been thinking about for the past couple of days, you know, especially with, you know, the youth movement going on with guy, people like Tyler Bate and the Velveteen Dream uh, being in their early 20s. Pete Dunn is like his 23 years old. Millie McKenzie and Zaya Brookside, they're not, I think Brookside just turned 20. And Millie McKenzie just turned 19. And there's a lot of youth going on in the world of professional wrestling. And I definitely, definitely have have a few in mind of who I think are some of the best right now in the world of professional wrestling. So keep an eye out for that. Not exactly sure when that's coming out, but as we get closer, I'll definitely be putting it out there for you guys. Um, like I said before, World Tag League, I will be covering that. I will be making my predictions uh, when the card does come out. If I have time to do so, but I will be covering World Tag League Finals. Um, I believe that it's on December 9th is their finals, uh, and they'll do be doing a whole lot of matchups with that. So be looking forward for World Tag League review from me. Um, and of course, in December, everyone begins p- compiling their top 10 list for 2018. I'm going to be doing two separate episodes for that. I will be doing my year-end awards review, so you can be expecting, you know. Who, who, you, who I think is the MVP for the men and for the women separately. Um, and I'll do some like, you know, some off stuff, like, you know, match of the year. I mean, match of the year I'll be doing for, you know, my top 10 of the year. But you can even be expecting, you know, awards like, you know, future star of the year uh, the, or the ones to look forward to. I'll be coming up with the categories as I go. Um, but you will and most definitely can be expecting my top 10 matches of 2018 before I go on vacation uh, on, you know, at the end of December. Uh, I wanna try to get that out a little bit after, a couple days after Christmas, um, but you can be expecting that for sure. And given this, given the amount of crazy matches we've seen this year, this top 10 is going to be very, it's gonna be much harder than the top 10 list I had for last year. Uh, it's gonna be a lot harder. So I may have to break, break it up into a top 10 honorable mentions of 2018 and top 10 matches of 2018. And of course, uh, in, in early January, uh, Wrestle Kingdom is gonna be coming out. So you will more than likely be hearing from me my predictions for Wrestle Kingdom 13. So I just wanted to give you guys, you know, what's gonna be coming up for you know you guys on the schedule. Of course, your NXT uh, UK reviews, NXT reviews. I will be covering TLC 
even though I'm really not looking forward to it that much, but I will be covering TLC, World Tag League coverage, top 10 matches of the year, top 10 honorable mentions of the year, top 10 young boys and girls of professional wrestling, and of course, Wrestle Kingdom predictions, guys. It's going to be a crazy month for me, and I'm willing to put in this work just for y'all, so keep your ears tuned to the dial of the Young Lions perspective. Now, with that being said, let's talk about episode 10 of NXT UK. So let's get into episode 10 of NXT UK. Uh, This was clearly all, mainly the main focus of the show was, of course, the tournament semifinals between Dakota Kai and Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm and Ginny. So let's not wait another second and get into the first match of the night, which was Rhea Ripley and Dakota Kai. This match was actually fun to watch. Um, I had watched it earlier this morning um, because I didn't get a chance to over the weekend. Black Friday uh, shoppers, y'all need to calm y'all shit. Excuse me. And um, just, just you know, working retail on a Black Friday weekend is no fucking joke. And I think literally I lost like a pound running the fuck around all day just trying to get shit done. But anyway, nonetheless, saying about me, this is about professional wrestling. So uh, the bell rang and immediately, of course, Dakota Kai was getting all the love. Fans were chanting DK, DK, DK. Rhea immediately calls for a test of strength. Um, when the fans started t- uh, teasing her, uh, she immediately pulled back before Dakota Kai went uh, for the challenge. Uh, Rhea called for it again. Dakota approaches, and they tie up with, uh, with the knuckle locks. Uh, Rhea, of course, being the more powerful woman, clearly had the advantage. Uh, she bends Dakota back into the mat. I uh, actually immediately go for a pinfall, but uh, it got a one count. Dakota Kai immediately gets her shoulders up. Rhea shoves her back down, gets another one count. Shoves her down for a third time uh, as Dakota bridges and got a one count. Um, she tried to go for a knee drop. Dakota couldn't bridge off that, and that got only got a one count. Dakota reversed uh, the wrist locks. Rhea picked her up and threw her, put her into the corner. Uh, she actually picked her up on and put her on the top rope. And then patted her head right after. That's a good little girl type deal. And then immediately Pi faces her right after that. So Dakota Kai, of course, answers that with a kick square on her face region. Which was, was, was a nice little spot there. With Dakota, uh, uh, with Rhea Ripley being a, a, just a solid heel. Just being the bitch that I know she can be. Uh, she's grown, like I said, she's been growing into her own as of late as a top, one of the top heels in uh, NXT UK Women's Division. So immediately after that. Uh, she starts getting moving. Rhea follows her off the ropes with the rebound. Uh, Dakota actually rolls her up and only got a one count after that uh, when she got the sunset flips. Uh, got a one count. Dakota then rolled it right back and actually got a two count out of that. Very, very close near fall. Um, and Dakota pointed out, looking at uh, Rhea was, points that out and just had that look of just like, you were, I was that close to beating you. And you could see instantly that Rhea Ripley was superiorly frustrated. So uh, she subs Dakota because of it. Dakota shoved her right back. Um, Dakota then went for a, Rhea Ripley went for a drop kick, uh, Dakota dodged that, got out of the way, um, runs into the ropes and redirects Rhea, and she hits, uh, Rhea Ripley with a drop kick. She goes for the waist lock, but, uh, gets a standing switch from, uh, Ripley, uh, she starts throwing Dakai around with a rear bear hug, Dakota somehow gets out of that, um, drops her, uh, goes off the ropes and hits her with a penalty kick that was just, it looked like she was trying to kick her head off with that, it was loud, 
Uh, comes right after that with a double stomp. Of course, as she usually does. That was a close near fall. Rhea gets out of the ring. Crowd's starting to be behind uh, Dakota. Uh, she immediately goes to the apron and immediately gives Rhea another sickening penalty kick that rocked Rhea and hits her with another one, and she is immediately rocked. Um, Dakota throws her in. She goes for the cover. Oh, that only got a two count. Uh, Rhea crawls away again. Uh, Dakota then runs in. Rhea then pushes to color. Uh, she actually goes, uh, hits a flapjack on Dakota. So now it was at this point, the crowd started getting into it, of course, uh, cheering for Dakota Kai, booing the shit out of Rhea Ripley. Dakota gets to the corner. Uh, Rhea drags her out for a cover. That only got a two count. You can see Ripley started becoming frustrated, really, really trying to, uh, she really wanted to put Dakota Kai away in the worst way possible. Uh, she starts choking Dakota on the ropes. Um, of course, Emmy, uh, being a heel, she almost held it for the five count. She immediately backs off at four. Hits her uh, with a couple of big stomps. Dakota starts fighting back. Uh, Rhea, then, but uh, Rhea, Rhea immediately shuts her down. Words are hard, guys. Um, she picks up Dakota Kai, bounces her off the mat, drop kicks her, and that only got a close two count. So she starts stomping Dakota Kai some more. Uh, Dakota crawls into the crawls, but um, Rhea immediately stalks her into the corner. They start uh, rallying behind Dakota Kai, but Rhea uh, grinds her forearms right into Dakota's face. Uh, immediately backs up again at four, uh, drags her up. Dakota starts fighting back with body shots, but Rhea, of course, with the attack, with the power, clubs her again and again. She then hammers Dakota to the mat, throws a few forearms in all sides of her, steps on Dakota, and starts literally flexing a la Chris Jericho. That was a nice little spot. Um, she picks her up again, bounces her off the uh, turnbuckles, rams her shoulder into the quarter, and again stops at four. Now, the fans were immediately going crazy for this match, starting chaining NXT, NXT. Uh, Rhea start, uh, picks up Dakota Kai yet again. Uh, she fights out of the stall. Uh, she actually went for a stalling suplex. Uh, Dakota fought out of it and actually went for a roll-up. That only got a two-count. Uh, Rhea then hits Dakota with a drop kick. That only got a two-count. Um, Rhea puts her in, and then Rhea puts her into that inverted clover leaf that I love so much. And the fact that she has the power to just really cinch that in, and I love that Nigel McGinnis actually brought up Dean Malenko, who is, who is definitely famous for um, being famous for actually putting opponents, play opponents away with this move, including Chris Jericho, Rey Mysterio, and all those guys. So I like the little subtle details that they throw in there for this. Um, they start, uh, fans start rallying behind her. Uh, Dakota feeds off that, reaches for the ropes. Um, but Rhea dragged her away back into the ring. Dakota finally gets to the, uh, the ropes, gets the rope break. She lets go of it. Starts kicking Dakota in the stomach while she's down. And you can hear those kicks hit right into the stomach. She goes for the hold again. But then Dakota, of course, being a member of Kick University, uh, which is uh, held up by uh, Katsuyori Shibata and Kota Ibushi, uh, those likes, uh, <laughs> uh, shoves Rhea into the ropes. Uh, Dakota got up immediately, but she goes for... Uh, Rhea actually starts picking... Was going for a move, uh, but she hits a very, very nice scorpion kick and... Homegirl is flexible that she can hit a scorpion kick like that. Uh, uh, Dakota hits a couple forearms and then adds another scorpion kick on top of that. And then it hits her with a drop kick that put Rhea into the corner. Uh, she goes uh, off to the uh, other corner, comes back, hits the, uh, hits the face wash. Uh, she fires up as she goes, of course, her move around the world uh, that staggers Rhea. I thought this was going to be it. I thought Dakota Kai was moving on to the next round. Because usually right after that, that's when her opponents are usually done. So... That only got a near fall. 
Rhea gets out of the ring again. Uh, Dakota goes to the apron, goes for another penalty kick. Rhea blocked it, uh, has her in the electric chair, and drops her face first onto the apron. She immediately has the wherewithal to throw her back into the ring, only gets a near fall with that, and Rhea Ripley was shocked. Crowd started going crazy, started rallying behind Dakota again. Um, Dakota sits up, but Rhea's immediately right on her. And I love this spot right here. Uh, she said to uh, Dakota, you really think you're going to beat me again? Uh, that, um, in reference to the uh, May Young Classic last year, these two actually faced each other, and Dakota Kai actually beat Rhea in that matchup. Uh, Dakota chops uh, Rhea, hits a couple of uh, palm strikes, she kicks, runs, goes for the chiropractor, her finisher, that was stopped immediately. She had her knees on, I believe, I believe like the, uh, her upper back, uh, but Rhea dropped her, hits a couple of forearms, goes for her riptide. Uh, Dakota escaped out of that to roll Rhea up. That only got a two count. Um, she hits a roundhouse kick on Rhea. She then goes for another kick, another kick, kicks her in the face. Uh, she went for another roundhouse kick. Rhea ducked that, goes into the pump handle and hits riptide for the cover. And Rhea Ripley advances to the finals of the UK Women's Championship Tournament. This was such a good matchup between these two. Um, not taking any away from Dakota Kai. She is a fantastic worker inside that ring. I'm sure she'll definitely have her opportunities in 2019 to go for a championship. I know she's been, she was trying to go for a championship with uh, in her mini feud with Sheena Baszler in NXT. And I know she'll be gunning for a title, especially over in the UK brand. So this is a really great way to start off the show with those two ladies. So, I, so kudos to both ladies for putting on a great opening match. Um, we went to a little uh, segment with Sid Scala. Um, he just finished a conversation with you at NXT UK GM Johnny Saint. Uh, Rodzi, my boy, real quick, I just want to say Rodzi's a damn good uh, backstage interviewer, and he's looking clean with these suits, man. I got to say, the Brits know how to look clean with the suits. I'm trying to take a cue from them. I'm getting my own suit very soon. I actually got to talk to uh, my suit guy. I got to hit him up very soon. I tried him before. But like I said, that's neither here nor there. So he was asked by Rodzi um, for uh, what happened with the meeting between himself and Johnny Saint. Uh, he said that he's not complete, clear to compete right now. But if he is in two weeks, it's going to be him versus Joe Coffee. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just taking a second to try to just take that in. Um, he says he knows he's a big man, but he hopes that he can make the best of it. Um, I hope he's not signing his own death wish. But we'll see how that goes. Sid Scala, I think he's, they're going to try to build Sid Scala as like that underdog, underdog kind of guy. Um, that kind of guy that, you know, goes for, is almost close to winning the match, but just can't get it done. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they do that going forward. I'm really excited to see if they do anything with Sid Scala right now. We then go to a backstage interview with uh, Jordan Devlin, the man who just beat uh, Laguero on the last episode. Um, he was asked about calling out, you know, of course, defeating Liguero, but then calling out the bruiserweight immediately after the match. So he says that he didn't just beat Liguero, he brutalized Liguero, and he solidified his place in NXT UK, and he believes he is the number one contender right now. He says that Dunn has been the champion, UK champion, for over 450 days, which I don't believe that for one second, because I believe it's over 500 now at this point, but he's only defended against Mark Andrews and Tyler Bate. He says those lads are pathetic. 
They're not as ruthless or cunning as him. And he, when he gets done in the ring, and it's not if, but when his hand is raised as the new UK champion, there's going to be some changes around here. He said that on his first on his list, he's changing the show's name to NXT Ireland, featuring the UK. That's some bold words from Mr. Devlin here. Uh, so Johnny Singh actually heard those remarks, and he's seen his victories, and he says that next week, episode 11, it's going to be Jordan Devlin versus Pete Dunne with the UK championship on the line. So it's going to be interesting to see how this matchup works out. I'm really excited to see how this match is. Pete Dunne, they're really treating Pete Dunne like a special attraction, and the fact that they're actually pushing Jordan Devlin to make some waves, um... Simple prediction right now, I do have Dunn beating Devlin. I do think it's going to be a solid match between those two. I think they're going to really make Devlin look really good in this match, but I don't see Devlin being the one to take Mr. Dunn out of the scene and taking over the throne. That's just me. That's just me. Uh, Soon enough, we will have someone to dethrone him, but Devlin is not the guy just yet. Getting into tag team action between Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews taking on Joseph Connors and Saxon Huxley. Um, of course, them now beginning to build the UK Tag Team Division up for the UK Tag Team Championship Tournament. Uh, they've been discussing that a few times over the past couple of episodes, um, saying that it's going to be going down uh, very, very soon. And I'm really excited to see which teams they're going to be building going forward. I know you know we have the Coffee Boys, Mustache Mountain, the Grizzle Young Veterans, uh, Zach Gibson and James Drake are now a thing now. And I believe they're going to be starting focusing on Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews as well. And like I said about episode nine uh, earlier on in the show, Mark Andrews said he wants to go for some gold. And this may be the gold that he may be looking for. Um, I don't know what other teams are going to be involved in the tournament as of yet. I know they're going to be building other teams. Um, Connors and Huxley, I don't think they're going to be a thing. And um, we'll discuss why in a little bit. So starting off this match... um, Fans actually chanted for Tarzan Jesus, referring to Saxon Huxley. That actually got a laugh out of me. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, Flash and Saxon were the ones to start off the match. And um, the fans actually sang, we were singing. I was actually making breakfast watching this, so I didn't really hear it. They were singing, of course, you know, hey, Jesus, who, ha, I want to know if you'll be my God. I'm actually reading this for the first time, and this is pretty fast. <laughs> anyway, getting into the match, Saxon put Flash into the corner with a shove. Flash sips out, uh, shoulders uh, back in. Uh, Flash went for a slingshot for a sunset flip. Uh, Saxon blocks that immediately, showing off his power. He drags Flash up. Uh, Flash, of course, being you know the wily uh, guy that he is, he evades it and tilts towards out of it. He boots Saxon away from the corner, hops up, and hits a nice flying head scissors. Um, Flash Morgan Webster, if you've never seen this guy ever before... He is a joy to watch in the ring. I've seen a few of his matches in Progress Wrestling. He is just a joy to watch. I love his style. I love the way he gets down in the ring. And the way that they're featuring him on the show is just fantastic. But um, Saxon ran into a drop kick. Uh, Joseph Connor tags in. Uh, he ran into an arm drag. Uh, he gets up. Andrews gets the tag. And then he whips Connors uh, with Flash. They do a nice little double hip toss. And then combine an imploding splash with a moonsault. And that surprisingly only got a one count. Uh, but Andrew, uh, keeping Connors in their half of the ring, he uh, actually whipped him in corner to corner. 
Connors actually reversed it. He goes up. Uh, he went over for the wheelbarrow and actually hit a double stomp. That only got a one count as well. Connors goes to the ropes. Um, Connors actually puts Andrews into the ropes, but backs off at four. Uh, the ref didn't see Saxon shove Andrews. Uh, Connors uh, attacks with a distraction, but Andrews dodges it and chops away at Connors' chest to the sounds and beautiful noises. That is a chop. Um, he whips Saxon in. Um, actually, he whips uh, Andrews. Connor, Saxon gets the blind tag. Referee saw it. Connors reversed it, and hit, and Saxon goes for a nice big Thez press. It was really nice, a high-angle Thez press. Guy, got, boy, got some height on that Thez press, man, if I say so myself. That only got a two count. Uh, the fans start rallying around Saxon. The fans start rallying around Andrews, I should say. I'm sorry. Uh, Saxon gets some stomps on uh, Andrews. Uh, he then drags Andrews up, hits a nice little scoop and slam, tags in Connors, and he starts driving in elbows on Andrews in, in the corner. Uh, he drags out, he drags Andrews up, goes for, and goes after the ear. It was really, I love Joseph Connors. And if you saw him in WCPW, he was very menacing uh, as a heel. And he did some shit that I really enjoyed. And this was one of those things. Stops off at four, uh, brings Andrews in for a clothesline. That only got a two count. Uh, Andrews then crawls, he tries to go for the corner to get the tag for uh, to Flash Morgan Webster, but he blocks that. Uh, he drags Andrews up and carries him to his corner, keeping him on their half. Uh, Nigel McGinnis, of course, pointing out, you know, very nice little strategy, keeping them in their half of the corner. Tags in Saxon, and he just mugs Andrews. He brings Andrews around for an arm lock, grounded a, grounded an elbow into his shoulder. Fans start rallying up again. Andrews tries to fight out of it. Uh, he then throws Andrews down again, and but Andrews hits back. Saxon then stomped away, tags in Connors, and uh, Connors drags in Andrews uh, for a stomp. Uh, comes back around for a few clubbing forearms. Uh, he keeps grounding Andrews. He's trying to get the flashpoint away for the tag. Finally, Andrews uses a jawbreaker, um, reaches, but at the last second, Connors grabbed his legs. He shoves Connors away for um, away from Andrews. I'm sorry. Uh, Saxon gets in the tag. Immediately goes after Andrews, puts him into the corner. He misses. He finally gets out of the way. Tags in Flash for the hot tag. Uh, he starts coming at him with furious hands out of the gate. Uh, hits Connors with a knee. Saxon then puts him into the corner. Goes up and over. He runs, redirects, and springs more into it into the Rude Boy block, which is a very, very nice move. I believe it's like a shoulder block of some sort. Uh, it's a very nice move that uh, Flash Morgan Webster put on. Uh, he double underhooks Saxon. Saxon, of course, with the power, powers him out onto the apron. He kicks Saxon back. Connors rushes over. He misses the sweep. Uh, Flash then hits him with a cannonball in the corner. He hurries up after Saxon, flying crossbody, but he got caught. Uh, he got hit. Uh, Saxon goes for the fireman's carry. He gets dropped. Connors once in, but Saxon said Saxon pretty much waved off the tag. He said no. He says he's got this. Uh, Flash gets away. Tags in uh, Andrews. He fakes Saxon out with a high hands and actually hits him with a sickening headbutt. Uh, Andrews immediately goes up top. Uh, hits Flash and Tilt the World DDT. Goes for the shooting star. Gets the cover and Flash Morgan Webster and and Mark Andrews get the victory. So it was a really nice match between these two. Immediately after the match, Connors turned on Saxton. Connors picks him up, drags him up for his finishing move called Don't Look Down. The fans immediately are saying, you're a sinner. You're a sinner. Um, So Connors turns on Huxley. Uh, Curious to see what they're going to be doing with Huxley and Connors going forward. Maybe a match between the two um, for Huxley to get some retribution. 
Maybe Connors is going to, you know, start on his own as being a singles guy. It'd be really nice to see if he's gunning for, you know, the top title, uh, which is why I've been saying I hope that sometime in 2019 they do introduce a mid-card championship, which I'm going to be calling the UK Commonwealth Championship. Uh, just, you know, because there's a lot of guys on the brand right now, and I know not everybody's going to get their shine. You know, of course, like guys like Joe Coffey, Pete Dunn, Jordan Devlin, guys like that, you know, and you got to have something, you know, for the other guys who aren't going to be in the title, you know, the top title mix. So I say a UK Commonwealth Championship probably would be something that they would want to introduce. This next matchup, whoo, these were, these are two guys you probably don't want to meet up with at a buffet or in a dark alley, depending on, you know, what part of the town you're in. Bomber Dave Mastiff versus Tyson T-Bone. This was a really uh, insane big boy match. Immediately, this was just immediately going into, let's just get into it. Um, Tyson hits a quick jab. Mastiff barely feels it. T-Bone uh, gets in on more shots. Um, but, and then Mastiff gets hit with a no shot. He felt that uh, T-Bone feels Mastiff running him over with that shoulder, though. Uh, Mastiff actually immediately grins as T-Bone goes into a corner. He uh, lets T-Bone get up, and they go at it again. He tries to punch. Uh, he gets put back into the corner immediately. Uh, Mastiff goes for an Irish whip, but T-Bone holds onto the ropes and uh, prevents him from, uh, from doing so. He turns things around and gets both uh, big shots in, a couple of stomps, a few punches. Uh, gets another shot in. He then uh, kicks low and clubs Mastiff down. So he was the first guy to actually get Mastiff down. And Nigel McGinnis, of course, saying he, find, he, he got Mastiff down. He kicks him, drops an elbow, and Mastiff's on that for the first time in NXT UK. Uh, moving later on into the match, uh, he starts raining some rights, goes for a cover. That only got a one count. He gets up. Mastiff gets up, but T-Bone uh, stays on him with a neck wrench, trying to keep him grounded. He pulls his beard hair, and the ref actually reprimanded him from doing so. So he lets up, keeps up on the neck wrench. He uh, Mastiff then gets up. He continues try, He tries to wrench harder. Mastiff endures all of it. He powers his weight up. Uh, Tebow starts throwing more hands on him. Uh, Mastiff actually uh, goes back down for after some more neck wrenches. The fans start to uh, rally behind Mastiff a bit. Uh, Mastiff gets up and starts bear-hugging T-Bone. He immediately hits uh, Mastiff. T-Bone hits Mastiff with an ear clap, throws a few haymakers, but his back starts hurting due to the, the effect that the bear hug actually had on uh, T-Bone. Mastiff catches, gets T-Bone up. T-Bone goes for a sunset flip, but Mastiff literally sat on him. Ah, it's a lot of mass on a, on the chest. Uh, T-Bone got flattened, but Massive can't keep the cover. Um, both men are down. A referee begins a 10 count. Uh, T-Bone uh, stands, I'm sorry. Massive follows up, hits, and he hits a big crossbody coming off the ropes. Massive gets up, uh, stalks T-Bone to the ropes. Uh, T-Bone was stat. He was hurt at this point. Massive starts showing off his punching power, hits a headbutt. He brings T-Bone around, hits an elbow after elbow into the shoulders and the jaw. Uh, Tebow, at this point, Tebow is, T-Bone is down. I said, I can't believe I said Tebow. Anyway, uh, T-Bone is down at this point. Massive picks him up, goes for a German suplex. Uh, T-Bone ended up in the corner. Uh, Massive then hits his finishing move, the bomber cannonball, which is literally what it means. And it, as a man that's 332 pounds, it hurt like hell. Goes for the cover, though. Massive gets the victory. Uh, T-Bone did say he wanted some big competition. He got it, but unfortunately, he couldn't get the job done in this matchup. This was actually a little nice match between two big boys. 
Um, if you're a fan of the Progress Atlas Division, you know how much how crazy that is. So that was just a fun little match between those two. Um, getting into the main event, Ginny versus Tony Storm. Of course, an old rivalry between these two that go that dates back to the Progress Women's Division. And I do like the fact that Nigel McGinnis brought up that Ginny was the one in Progress Wrestling that stopped Tony Storm from being a one-year champion. She was 364 days into her title reign, and Ginny was the one who stopped her from getting that one-year title reign. I believe it was at Hello Wembley when it was a three-way match between her, Tony Storm, and Millie McKenzie. And right now, Ginny is the current reigning and defending Progress Women's Champion. So, of course, getting into the match, um, fans were chanting, going crazy for Tony Storm, hitting him with an Aussie, Aussie, Aussie chant. Um, Tony got in a waist lock. Ginny resists. Tony lifts up, trying to go for a German suplex. Ginny breaks free to hit a wrist lock. Uh, she brings Tony down. Tony then gets up right after that. Um, Tony then goes for a headlock takeover. Uh, Ginny endures that and rolls Tony over for a pin. That got a two count. Tony let go immediately. Tony goes um, after the face lock. Ginny worked her way out of that and gets a wrist lock of her own. Tony, of course, spins, bridges out of that, rolled it, reversed it. Um, Tony then gets her own wrist lock and she starts wrenching some more. Anytime you see Ginny and Tony Storm go at it, you always are going to get some of the best wrestling between these two. These two have faced each other so many times. The chemistry is so on point. And it definitely showed at one point in the match. Um, further on in the match, uh, Ginny hits uh, Tony with a double chop. Uh, then stomps pretty much a mud hole in Tony in the corner. Uh, whips Tony. She goes to corner to corner in an Irish whip. Uh, Tony falls short in face first. Ginny hits her with more stomps. Drags Tony up. Hits a snap suplex with a float over. And that only got a two count. Uh, Ginny started going frustrated. Uh, she puts Tony in an arm lock with a chin bar and starts thrashing Tony with uh, punches and elbows. Fans start trying to get behind Tony. She gets up, but Ginny immediately throws her down by her hair. Gets a cover. That only got a one count. She starts clubbing away at Tony's back, yelling at her, this is my NXT. Starts going for the arm, arm lock and chin bar again. Fans start rallying behind Tony. She fights her way back up. Arm drags Ginny off of her. Um, Ginny starts going for strikes. Hits a chomp, but immediately goes for, gets rocked with a sickening headbutt by Tony Storm, and both ladies went down. Fans start chanting NXT, NXT. Um, the two get back up. Ginny's on Tony like white on rice with a forearm. Uh, then they start throwing up forearms back. You know, boo for Ginny and uh, cheers for Tony as they brought get uh, back up to their feet. They continue to brawl back and forth. Um, Tony gets the edge, blocked the kick from Ginny, and hits a trap leg German suplex. Uh, Ginny crawls to the corner. Tony's fired up at this point. Runs in, hits her. It's a huge hip attack from in, that's in her arsenal. Goes for a purple flex, and that only got a two count, which shocked the crowd because I thought that was going to be it, and Tony thought that was too. Um, Tony goes up to the top rope. Ginny hits her with a high roundhouse kick. Ginny climbs up. Tony hits her with another headbutt. She. Uh, she hits Ginny hits back. She climbs up. She forearms Ginny. Tony actually forearmed Ginny. Sent her down with a head, another headbutt. Ginny drop kicks Tony's legs out and had her crotch in the corner. I really and I really like this spot right here. As Tony was crotched in the corner on the middle rope, she hits a modified X Factor. It was really, really nice and came off really clean. That only got a two count. 
Joni's, uh, Jenny's face, her reaction to the two count was really, really nice. Uh, just shocked at the fact that she couldn't put her away with the same move that beat Millie McKenzie a couple episodes ago. Um, Jenny starts raining right hands on Tony, drags her up. She then slaps the, the living taste out of Tony's mouth. Uh, Tony dodges that, goes for undercook, underhook. Uh, goes for Storm Zero, but uh, she's actually Jenny actually uh, stopped her and hits a sick, a nice little rolling axe kick. That was really, really nice, and I love that move. She puts it on so damn well. Goes for the cover, but she, but she, uh, I believe McGinnis pointed out she uh, hooked the wrong leg. She hooked the outside leg instead of the inside leg. That allowed Tony Storm to go f- put her foot on the rope for the rope break, and she was pissed. She was stomping away at Tony. Fans start, uh, you know, uh, rallying behind Tony again. Ginny goes in. I believe she was going for um, a ripcord clothesline or something like that along those lines. Hits Ginny with the German suplex, then immediately goes for Storm Zero. One, two, three. And we have the finals of the UK Women's Championship Tournament between Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm. This should be an interesting matchup. After the match, uh, Johnny Saint came out to congratulate Storm on her victory and make it to the finals. Rhea Ripley comes out right after that, look, and the, the two opponents look at each other in the eyes. Rhea shoves her. Storm starts to go after her, but Saint told her to keep the peace. And an episode, I believe it's either going to be 13 or 14 next Wednesday, we're going to have the UK Women's Championship match. I am going to enjoy this. It's an all-Australian final between Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm. I don't know who I would want to win this match. Either way, I think both ladies can represent the UK women's division very well. Um, it's going to be very exciting to see what they do with these two. I think this will be the first time these two has actually faced each other uh, going one-on-one. This this was a very, very great two-hour block for NXT again. I say it every single time. Great episode of NXT UK. Of course, with the women's uh, tournament being the main focus of the show. I'm so happy for these ladies getting their shine. Uh, Mastiff versus T-Bone was a very interesting match. Uh, the tag match between Flash Morgan, Webster, and Mark Andrews taking on uh, Huxley and Connors was really good uh, with Morgan, uh, with Webster and Andrews getting the victory. And it looks like they're going to be a tag team going forward. Um, I'm curious to see what they're going to do going forward with Saxon Huxley and Joseph Connors. Maybe they'll have a match between the two possibly next week. We'll see how it goes. But that is your uh, NXT episode, uh, NXT UK episode 10 review. Great episode overall. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 27 of the Young Lions Perspective. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, your brunch, the time you are spending with your family on Thanksgiving weekend, and then you're officially on your last damn nerve. I greatly truly appreciate you checking out the podcast wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much. If you're not listening to me on the Anchor app, and why aren't you? It's probably the biggest up-and-coming podcasting app in the game today. You can check me out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course that good old Spotify fam. Search for the Young Lions Perspective and you should have no problem finding it whatsoever. If you enjoyed this episode, 
Do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the show. Share it on your social media, your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, whatever social media you use. Let the people know that the Young Lions Perspective is the alternative for professional wrestling podcasts and that we are here to stay. You can follow me on my social media on Twitter at Suede Senator WWI and on Instagram at Suede Senator, Suede underscore Senator underscore WWI. Guys, enjoy the rest of your week. I hope you enjoyed your uh, Thanksgiving weekend with your family. Let's get back at it this coming weekend. And until then, go Hawks. See ya.